we thought it would be a good idea to kick off just this moment with a message we're going to call Reach. Um, and we're, we're calling it Reach not just because uh, most of our staff has a wingspan of about 30 feet. We're just calling it Reach um, because just of the fact that how much uh, we've just been reaching for things. Um, one thing I can say is that God has just been moving in Crowley, moving in life groups, moving and serving opportunities at the food drive, moving here at JMU. Um, just there's, there's things that God, God is reaching in through us, you know, and it's, it's so, it's just amazing. So we just thought it'd be a cool idea to call it uh, reach just to encourage everyone that we don't need to stop reaching. The thing, the thing about reaching that's so, um, I don't, I don't want to call it cool because it's really not. Uh, but if you ever took your arms out and you just stuck them out like this and try and hold them there for a little while, eventually, if you have poor uh, muscular structure, your arms will get really tired. Um, and so it's really easy to get tired in reaching for what God has for you and reaching for your full potential and, and just trying to impact the person next to you, um, especially if the fruit is taking a little bit longer to be, you know, like harvested. Um, but, I, but just for tonight, I think it's so important that we would just answer the call and just remind our own hearts that God wants us to reach our full potential, that he has so much more for us. That's why we're actually trying to reach for our, because you, where you're at now is not actually just the peak of your life, even if in your prime or if you're in prime time. So it just, it doesn't matter. <laughs> it doesn't matter where you're at. God has more for you. That is, the, that is the just pure motive of continuing to reach. Even if you are on the mountain right now, the mountain of God doesn't end, okay? So there's still more to climb. There's still more to find. Um, so with that being said, uh, we need to continue to reach, uh, let me see, I'm getting a little ahead of myself. I've been, I've been scatterbrained a little bit today, so forgive me. Um, but the word, the word reach denotes a stretching towards achieving and growing. So the way it's being used here and how we're, how we're just phrasing, reaching for more, reaching for all that God has to you to try and reach and grab your full potential, um, is to show a call to something higher and better than what we have currently. And so before I dive into just how we're going to do that as a church and as individual people with Christ, I want to I talk about what we're not reaching for, okay? It's so easy to fall into the trap of reaching for reaching for more of God's love. And it's literally not possible. And here's why, because God's love is perfect for you, okay? And I bring this up to say that sometimes we can get so caught up in that I have to read my Bible and I have to worship and I have to do all these things. I have to, you know, not half, like half of a whole, but like have. Sometimes my accent messes me up. But I have to, okay? And so it's so easy to get caught up into that trap that I just have to change what I'm doing and I'll feel more of God's love. But that's not actually how it works. You get encountered by God's love and then you begin to change. That's literally how the formula works. Sometimes we just get it inverted when it's really supposed to be. Okay, I, I just, Lord, impact me with your love. And then it's easier to change. It's not, it's not such a, a, a drug out process. You're not exhausted all the time. Just, uh, I, I talk to some people and they'll just be like, man, it's been such a hard week. I started reading my Bible. And I'm like, what? <laughs> That's not, okay, let's, let's backtrack a little bit. What, what are you reading? Um, just, and so... 
Um, <laughs> it's, just a, it's just a hilarious thing that we get caught up in, um, but, it, but it's a real trap that the enemy sets for us is that we have to earn more, we have to do more. Um, and that's not it. You have just as much access to God's love right now in this moment, even if you're falling asleep to me talking, than if you're in a moment where you're reserved and just intentionally trying. Um, so the fact that God, since God's love is perfect and it's not based on our actions, I thought it'd be, we thought it'd be a good idea to just talk about what God thinks of you, just to kind of bring that point home, you know? Um, so this is what God thinks of us. Number one, God says that you are like him in many ways. Genesis chapter one, verse 27 says, so God created a man in his own image, in the image of God, he created him, male and female, he created them. And so we always, we always look at this passage or look at this little verse and we think, okay, so God created us. I understand that. I know, we know, we know that Eve ate an apple. We, we know the whole story. You know, we've been the Sunday school. But the thing about it is that's so cool is we sometimes overlook the fact that it's literally telling us that we were made like God. And you can, you can take that and say, well, that means I can create, I can build, I have power. You can take that however you want, but it's actually God putting in like chapter one. He's saying in chapter one, I can relate to you. I can relate to you. We are alike. It's not, it's not like, I have no idea what you're going through and I'm trying my hardest. It's like literally like I see it and I see you and I love you. So that's point number one. Okay, this is gonna get real drawn out so get used to me saying points. Um, point number two, God thinks he did a good job on you. So Genesis 1, 31, just four verses away, it says, and God saw everything that he had made and behold, it was very good. Now, I want to point this out, that up, in, uh, up to this point, God had created a lot of other stuff before, okay? And every time he created something, he would describe it and say, it was good, okay? And so, for us, I know it's a little adjective, just a four-letter adjective. For us, when he finished, he said, it was very good. And if you, if you know anything about God, and anything that he does, nothing is small. So the fact that he's saying very it's just, it's just a huge emphasis to how excited, how intricate you were designed, just how amazed and awesome he is. Oof, whoops, hopefully we don't need that. Um, so, all right, point number three, God is glad that you exist. Uh, Zephaniah chapter three, verse 17 says, the Lord your God is in your midst, a mighty one who will save. He will rejoice over you with gladness. He will quiet you by his love. He will exult over you with loud singing. People my age like to call that turning up. Um, so it's, it's real easy to like, unsee here that, that when God looks at you, he literally is overjoyed. He, he kind of, he goes crazy. That it's like, oh my gosh, you're here. Ah, you exist. It's like, ah, all I can do is shake and just quiver and jump and sing and just be overfilled in emotion. God is not just like, ah, uh, Tim's here. God is like, him. Yes! Like just, <laughs> I don't know if he's exactly like that. That's just how I am. Um, but so that's number three. God, uh, point number four. God says that you are wonderfully made. Psalm 139 says, I praise you for I'm fearfully and wonderfully made. And Matthew 1031 says, fear not, therefore you are of more value than many sparrows. For God, you are worthy of his attention because his values his design, um, his quality was put in you. You're not low-grade material. 
You're top of the line, man. Like literally Amazon bestseller type stuff. Like <laughs> that is you, okay? Um, there's plenty more passages in scripture that we could go and just see how, how God just is so much in love with us. We could look day and night and just see more and more and more about how there's love right around the corner for you. Um, but I'm just going to peek it right here. It's in Isaiah 54.10. It says, the mountains and hills may crumble, but my love for you will never end. It can't end. Just as much as he is eternal and never, never going to end, his love will never end for you, no matter what you do, no matter where you are, no matter what your perspectives are. His love for you will not change. And since God cares about us this much, what we are going through matters, what we are worried about or wondering about matters. There's no question too far out for God that he doesn't want to answer. He's not just like, oh, they're so unfaithful for their doubts. No, God is trying to meet us where we are and answer what we have in here. It's a good thing to wrestle. I don't have a scripture for this, but I don't think it's cool to just lay down ever. If I don't understand something, we need to try and reach and figure out what's going on. You got to talk to people who know more about it. You got to find resources that know more about it. Go to the source itself and ask what's going on. He, he cares about this. If we have a doubt, it's not too deep for him. Like we said already, he can relate to us. So he already, he already stands the path of how it got here. And he wants to help lead us out of that tunnel. Um, and this is one, and since he cares about us this much, God put a potential in each and every one of you. All the young people and all the extremely young people. He put, he put a serious potential in all of you. And, and hear this, this is what I want you to understand. Is if you never reach that potential, you will, you will not have lost access to God's love. But I will say this, if you don't try and reach it, you will miss out on the blessings that he had for you in this life. And you will miss out on the impact that you could have made in your, in your family, in your workplace, in your school, in this town, wherever. You would have missed out. We will miss out. The, we are a body. If we, don't, if we don't unite in this, we'll be like a firecracker when we could have been like New Year's. And we don't want to be that. So, it still begs the question, how do we reach our God-given potential? How do we reach our full potential? Um, number one, discover your purpose. In Mark chapter one, verse 17, it says, come follow me and I will make you fishers of men. This passage is when Peter, James, John, and Andrew, they're fishing, and if you've watched The Chosen, you know a little bit more context about it than uh, the average. Um, but, uh, they come up and they really needed fish. And then Jesus encounters them and says, throw it on the other side. And then they pull in this massive haul of fish. And so the, what happens is uh, Jesus, he, he shows his power by performing a miracle. And then he tells them, I will make you fishers of men. That was literally going to be the purpose for the rest of their lives. And so the same principle is true. When you meet Jesus, we collide with our purpose. Whatever that is. Um, 
we all have we all have purposes that are go along with the plan, but the purpose that God over uh, the overarching narrative that God has for us is to make disciples, is to spread the gospel. It says it breaks chains when His name is said. It's not about putting the weight on ourselves. It's literally just about talking about it. It's kind of crazy. For as much as us Cajuns like to talk, we seem to don't talk about this a whole lot. Um, yeah, oof, my bad. Um, it's just, when we collide, when we meet Jesus, we collide with our purpose. And this is like the first step because it breaks us free from the purpose of Satan. Um, I've heard it said that uh, Satan doesn't need um, people to not be Christians. He just needs them to be inactive. Um, he needs them to not worry, to not care about what God cares about. He needs them to not put their time in what God wants them to put their time in. That's literally it. God's plan for defeating God is laziness. I mean, sorry, Satan's plan for defeating God is laziness. Oof, that would have been really weird. Um, but yeah, and there's times we, we easily get so sucked into it. I can easily scroll on Instagram for four hours before I realize, man, I really should have spent time in the Word today. Um, and I just, and it's always weird because right after I always feel like this, this hollowness, you know? Like I know I missed that opportunity to fill up. And it's, and, but it's, then we'll go to the next day and do the same thing. And so it's, we collide with our purpose when we meet Jesus, but we've also got to, we've also got to do the next step and we have to release our purpose. If you have purpose, but don't do anything with that purpose, you are without purpose. <laughs> it's like, uh, it's like when people have a certificate. So I went to I went to high school. I have a certificate for uh, NCCER. Is that what it's called? Um, it's like you get it in agriculture. Anyway, I can't remember anything from ag. So the thing is, is like I have I have that card that says I'm certified. But you don't want me welding or doing anything. So like, <laughs> you, you it just let me watch. Um, <laughs> so with that being said, if you have a purpose but you're not walking in it. It's just collecting dust, and no one benefits from it. Not you, not anyone who needs it. Um, so we discover our purpose to walk following Jesus, but we have to release it. And here's how we do that. In Ephesians 2.10, it says, For we are his workmanship, created in Christ Jesus for good works, which God prepared beforehand, that we should walk in them. We release our purpose by serving others through our faith. Being God's worksmanship means that we have opportunities available to us to lead people to the same faith and freedom that we have found. Actually, I should say found us, because that's how it works. Um, and so these opportunities are everywhere. They're in here, they're out there, they're at Chili's, they're at Lowe's, they're at Walmart. Um, I know I'm naming a lot of retail, but it doesn't matter. They're everywhere. Uh, and so... This is the next thing that we need to do. So we have our purpose. We need to release our purpose. The opportunities are everywhere. The best way to find the opportunities to walk in them is to find your place, to figure out what place God has you in. So a lot of us will think that uh, we're lacking something to make an impact. If only I knew this. If only I was in cahoots with them. If only I was a little bit older if, or, or just whatever. There's, there's so many insecurities that will deter us from stepping into our purpose. Um, that, um, uh, sorry, I heard someone say something about older. Anyway, just, <laughs> um, 
<laughs> younger, younger, right, you're right, sorry. Um, so they have all these things, but in actuality, where you are at right now is exactly where God wants you to be. There's these things called seasons. And God wants to utilize your season to make an impact. And if we don't serve God, if we don't fall more in love with God in this season that we're currently in, not just be like, not like, like how Esther said this morning about, oh, if we just don't have, if we need more time, you know, it seems that time gets more scarce as, as time goes on. Um, so it, we, we have to be intentional to pour into this season. I've talked about this already, but I would, I would love to go back to high school if I could. Not for the fact that if I could learn more, I really don't think they could teach me anymore. They did the best they could. Um, but uh, I just, I just, I, I, I feel for my classmates, man. I feel, I feel for my teachers. I feel for all of them that it was every day I greeted them and asked them questions that never had real purpose or impact. When they could have been seeds that could be harvested now and then changing schools and then changing the schools they went to. And I don't regret, on one hand, I do regret it, but I don't, because I understand now that now, I don't, I don't think I would value it as much if I would have missed it. But now that I'm here, I'm like, man, God, you have my all. You've got to have my all. If I don't give you all, I miss out to receive just as much, like, uh, I'm not even sure if this applies here, but you ever heard how you can't outgive God? Um, that like the, the Bible says to, um, to, it's like one of the only things that we can actually try and test him with. Uh, I think that's, kind of applicable to your time. That it's like, I'm gonna pour into this, I'm gonna sow into this, and I'm gonna see just what happens. There's, and, if, and if you're like, I don't know if I'm ready for that, give it a month. Try for a month, see what happens. Just watch what happens. Try for a couple days. Just watch how it changes you. How you start walking with a, a head that's just above the clouds and things, they hit you and you feel them. And you're like, you know, for some reason, I'm oddly peaceful. Um, so we need to recognize our place because where we, are, where we are at right now is where God wants to make the biggest impact. <laughs> that's schools, that's families. And, and just to clarify what these opportunities are, that's people that don't know anything about Jesus. And maybe they do. Maybe, that, maybe the next opportunity is actually to start leading those people. Start pouring into them. We want to help them to reach from a point where, uh, like the Bible explains that there's, uh, there's phases, there's babies, and then there's infants, and then there's young adults, and then, and then there's fathers and mothers in the faith. And so we're trying to, trying to cultivate something where we're always growing people up and never leaving them spiritual infants down here in the dust. That way uh, they, don't, they don't just get carried away by trials. Um, so we have to recognize our place. And so Colossians 3.17 says, And whatever you do in word or deed, do everything in the name of Lord Jesus, giving thanks to God the Father through him. Everything in that passage includes every place that you are involved in. Um, to realize our full potential, we have to engage our current place of involvement with our faith. I don't know what that looks like for you. But I know the Holy Spirit's currently speaking to each and every one of us about how we can do this a little better. Or how we, he's just, he's like, just watch, watch what I'll do. I, can just, I just feel his excitement about this. Is that it's like, just watch. Watch the little things that I will use from you. Watch me take those little things and turn them into the biggest oak trees. 
I just feel it. Um, so we have to, we have to re- uh, discover our purpose, release our purpose, recognize our place, but also we have to engage God's plan. Um, our purposes are all the same, is to reach for all our full potential by growing a relationship with Jesus, spreading the gospel to everyone that is involved in our daily lives. That is, that is our purpose in a nutshell. Um, but the plan for which that purpose is lived out is intentionally designed for you. Um, I was thinking about it today, that it's so easy to think of the, to, look, to read this and think, that God put me where I'm at because he's scared I'm going to fail. I was thinking about that today, that the, Sometimes we'll, walk, we'll approach our plan and our purpose and think that God put us here because he's scared we're going to make too much of an oopsie um, and just ruin what he wants to do. But actually where you are is intentionally where he sets you up to succeed the most. I don't really know the proof for it. I'm just asking you to take my word. But, if, but, I, but I know this. If he knows the hairs on your head and he designed you himself, wouldn't it make sense where he would know where you would fit best? Um, so God's plan for your life started, un- minute, uh, started unfolding the minute you were conceived. So it's unique to you. And there are definitely times in your life that I'm sure of that we can all say um, that we fought against the plan. Um, whether it was on purpose or just, I don't know what I'm doing. <laughs> um, there, there are definitely moments, but there comes a point in time where our choices that we're doing need to be more aligned with God's plan than just, well, I'm gonna do me, and then Sundays, Wednesdays, or whatever time, life group, or any other ministry is, that's the time where I really realign. That can't be it. It's, gotta, it's, it's a full-time gig, but it's not a job. That's the cool thing about it. It's a, how, how does that saying go? If you enjoy what you do, you never work a day in your life. It's the same principle here. You find enjoyment in walking with God, it never becomes work. Right. It never becomes work. It's just, it's, it's incredible. God just outdoes himself. You spend time with him, he brings you rest. He just brings you rest to your soul. And you come out and you're able to do like 40 million things. You come back, I'm tired. He's like, just come back to me. And then recharge, do it again. It's, it's like Energizer Bunny up in here, man. Um, so, that being said, God's plan involves how we should change our place to look more like heaven. Jesus prayed, Father, your will be done on earth as it is in heaven. So many times we, we, we just come to Christianity because we think, okay, I just want to get into heaven. When God's plan was literally, I want to bring heaven here. Um, and his, his, the way he'll do that is through us. That's why we have to engage in our full potential. Try and reach for it. Um, so, find your place, engage God's plan. So, what is your place? How can you make it more like heaven? Um, what, are you, what do you need to do to get it to happen? I think there's times where we will, we will ask God if he wants to do this. When if we just read his word, we would know it was a Yes that we'll, we'll, we will ask God what his answer is and then spend, we'll spend like two to three minutes praying and let the anxiety and the fear of the situation actually overcome us and think it's the will of God telling us not to push in. Um, 
And so, just, if, this, this is how you find out the answer to this. Can it bring more of heaven here? If the answer is yes, let's go for it. Okay? All right. So, now, I mentioned this a little bit already, but we are a body. Okay? So, Psalm 68 6 says, God places lonely people in families. He leads prisoners out of prison into productive lives. But rebellious people must live in an unproductive land. Here is point number four, is that you have to join your people. You've got to get connected with people. We've, we've said this many times. God isn't, you are not designed to be alone. You were not designed to do this all by yourself, to try and carry it and make it happen. Um, you have needs. It's, time, it's, it's way easier. I was talking to the, uh, the Crowley High football team about this, that uh, a team is like a well-oiled machine, and if, one, and if one part doesn't do its job, then everyone feels it. So, and, and so then I asked the question. I was like, so who in here is the strongest? And then, you know, that got everyone stirred up. Um, and then find out one kid can literally deadlift 565 pounds. And he's like a sophomore. That's crazy. 565 pounds. And then I proposed the question. I was like, I bet that two of the linemen could do more reps together than you could by yourself. And the reason, the reason why I'm saying that is this, is because when we unite with people in our purpose and when we unite together to reach for it, it's easier to attain. We're not having to strain. I think about it in the Old Testament. Uh, it says that... Um, when, when Moses' hands were held up, Israel's armies would win, but his arms would get tired. So was it, uh, it was, I think it was Aaron and, and, and Joseph, someone else. Um, anyway, Joshua, yeah. Wrong, anyway. Uh, <laughs> got him. Uh, but yeah, just, they held his arms up together, literally. It was just something cool. When they got tired, they put it down, and they felt like, no, quick, pick it back up. There was just, there was like, I think about if Moses would have been by himself, he'd be like, Man, I'm so done with this. <laughs> I'm so done with this. And, and he probably would have just burned himself out trying to hold it, to do his best. But he had people there to help remind him what we were doing this for. He had people that were intentionally apart, united with him, and they were like, we got to reach for it. It's almost here. It's almost here. Um, I don't, know, I don't know a whole lot about the, the statistics or like the formation of revival. Um, I just feel like it's knocking at the door. Um, and I feel, like, I feel like our church, I feel like our church leadership and everyone in here, you can relate to me with this, is that in your heart you feel like God has literally something coming, man. That is just, and we don't, we don't know what it fully is. We just know it's going to be good because it's coming from him and it's going to change things like never before and it's going to affect eventually neighboring cities that's going to go into Louisiana and then hopefully U.S. And then eventually we'll be able to send places, I mean, uh, send other people to other places to do the same thing. I can just feel it. Um, and I know that sometimes feelings get us in trouble and hopefully this one doesn't. But like, this is literally, I just, I feel it. It's, it's something I'm most excited for coming up. I don't know if it's going to be in the next month. I don't know if it's going to be in the next decade, but I just feel it. And, it's, and, it, and I feel like I feel it. It's just because God is just so ready. He's so ready. And if we, if we miss the opportunity, if we say, you know what, I don't want to reach, then God's just going to go, it's okay. I still love you. I will never lose love for you, but you missed out. So you got to join your people. 
God has a spiritual family for us that will propel us to reaching our full potential and a family that will help us continue to walk in our purpose. But joining that family is our own choice. It will never be anyone's fault. Um, it will never, I'm sorry, it can never be anyone else's fault if you decide not to reach out. If you decide not to put yourself in those places where you will set yourself up for success. Um, stress, stress is one of the uh, craziest things that can happen to the body. I think about how it literally, like it's something mental, but it literally can affect uh, your heart and your lungs and your entire mental, uh, I'm sorry, physical health. Even though it's like mostly mental, it affects the full body. I, there's been days where I've tried to carry all the stress of what's going on by myself and I go to bed like a rock because I'm just that dead. And then I finally, there's be times I'm like, you know what, I'm just feeling this. And then we get like the simplest truth that comes in. You're like, you're right. The world's not going to explode if I mess this up. You know? Like it's like it just takes a weight off. It just takes a weight off. And that's what happens when people start working together to do things. More gets accomplished and less people burn out. If we're going, if we are going to reach our full potential and help God's kingdom be built here, and this is what we're going to have to do. We're going to have to release our purpose and our unique place. We're going to have to engage God's plan with no, um, with, with no caution. Just dive in with all you've got. That's what we're going to have to do. And so with that being said, um, I'm done. So I think it would be really, really beneficial for each and every one of us to not just, to not just take this idea and think it's a good thought, but to invite the Holy Spirit to create some intentionality that can lead to application. Um, so what we're going to do is we're going to take the next minute to just be quiet and focus on God's inner voice. We believe here that God is a God that still speaks. And he speaks clearly. The question is just, are we listening? And so the, the easy key to this is, look, just ask God to speak to you about um, what your purpose is or what your next step is, per se. We said meeting Jesus where you collide with your purpose. So if you haven't met Jesus, it's going to be really hard to try and walk in your purpose. Maybe, maybe your next step is just God's asking you to start pouring into other people who have collided with their purpose, that your purpose is to help pour into other people's purpose. Maybe it's to join a life group, to get connected in community, um, to do something that's just going to help bring weight off and bring joy back into your heart, the way you feel the love of God again. Um, maybe it's engaging God's plan. And it's like, you know what, I'm only going to do this on Sundays or where I'm at church or whenever. Um, maybe, maybe the application for you is to just stop stalling and to just come dive in. Um, I don't know. I know the Holy Spirit knows. And so what we're going to do is we're going to take the next, we're going to take the next five minutes and I want you to just ask the Holy Spirit this question. What is my next step, Lord? And how do we do it? So I'm going to pray and I'm going to put some soft music on and then that's what we're going to rock with. So Father God, I thank you for today. I thank you for 
just, um, I thank you just for this word. Uh, I feel, I just feel your heart for this city, Lord, that you want to make a real difference here. Um, that, uh, you just, you want to change lives just like you did in the beginning. Holy Spirit, I just pray that you're speaking to each and every one of us about what our next step is to help us to continue to reach for our full potential. Lord, I thank you for everyone who came out to be a part of this, be a part of today. Lord Jesus, I pray you bless them, help them to feel your love throughout the week. Um, and Lord, just help us to keep it simple. Don't let us overcomplicate what you're trying to do. We love you and we praise you. In Jesus' name we pray, amen.